Welcome back to Fatuity Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn. And this week, we watched one new movie and one rewatch for us. The rewatch was because, since one of the new movie we watched was Guardians, um, we had another movie slot to fill, and neither of us get to pick when one of the movies is a theater movie. Really, not necessarily. Well, but yeah. a joint watch movie. Yeah, this and is would, a joint watch, so we had to find another joint watch. And I would say most of the movies we watch in the theater are ones that we've already yeah. agreed on, so that does kind of work out. Um, but yeah, so it actually ended up being a really nice day. We rewatched Big Hero Six and got Chinese food, and we don't do a ton of rewatches, but there was something about that combination of things that was just like super nice and also we had both only seen big hero six one time before this so it wasn't like a super fresh rewatch which i definitely feel makes a difference yeah um so let's just get straight into reviewing that big hero six is an animated action adventure film starring ryan potter as the voice of hiro yamada a 14 year old genius living in san Francisco, tokyo with his brother tadashi voiced by daniel henney and aunt Cass, voiced by maya rudolph after a devastating event, Hiro, his friends, and Tadashi's inflatable healthcare robot, Baymax, have to team up to defend their city from a masked villain. Along the way, Hiro learns valuable lessons about grief and friendship. This is one of your favorite Disney movies, isn't it? I would say so. I really, I like this a lot. It, it, it is a Marvel comic. Um, it's a really... Yeah, you didn't I, know that? No, I did not know No, that. yeah, Big Hero 6 is a Marvel comic. I believe in the Marvel comic, Baymax is a green lizard man. Um, so they really, you know, took a lot of liberties with it, which I think nobody really cared, because it was good. I prefer um, this Baymax. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I really enjoy it, because it's like, you know, it's got the fun, it's like a fun, it's like The Incredibles is what it feels like, you know, kind of. Um, a little less Mutant Registration Act that the incredibles has and i you know that whole reference which is yeah. really nice because like you wouldn't have known that i don't know two years ago um but yeah i i think it's fun i think it's a good time yeah obviously baymax is the highlight yes. of this movie um he is what makes it stand out what makes it different he is this as i said in the intro inflatable robot who has been created as a healthcare assistant essentially so he's able to scan people's bodies and figure out what is wrong with them and what they would need to help them um but as he is kind of helping hero things become more complicated because hero has lost his brother tadashi in a horrible accident and so his pain is very much mental and so hero and baymax kind of form this a weird unlikely friendship because Baymax is trying to heal Hero's inner pain um, and figuring out how to do that um, and we also see Hero form close friendships with Tadashi's college friends um, Gogo, Wasabi, Fred, and Honey Lemon are their names um, and they all become Big Hero 6. Um, I think this is one of those movies where it can be easy to kind of confuse, like, what does this title mean? Um, but it is given at the very end of the movie. That's what them as as heroes are, are called. Um, I think one of the most famous scenes from this movie is Baymax and the Cat. Mm -hmm. um, Harry Baby. 
hairy baby. Yeah, you have quoted that for um, at least the past nine years. It's good, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, I want... So, one of the funny things about Big Hero 6, of course, is that they are living in San Francisco. And does that mean that the Japanese won World War Two in in this version of <laughs> the world and San Francisco is about now the new uh, Japanese empire. I'm sure empire that's the question all the eight year olds this movie was made for are asking. Hey man, I'm asking the real questions. You know, like <laughs> I want to know why it's San Francisco. Um, but it has a very it has a kind of a Night City vibe. Not really because it's more like idyllic than like Night City is, but. Um, you know, the cool, like, neon stuff everywhere. It's very cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, pre-late-stage capitalism cyberpunk, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, and, I don't know. I, I, I just I just find this movie to be very, like, it's just very chill, you know? Yeah, which is so funny for a movie that is about, like, a brother who dies in grief. Um, and, and fighting crime. But there is something about it that is very cozy, and I think that's just the fact that it is a kid's movie. So you know it's going to end up okay. Everything's going to be fine in the end. Um, and it's one of those where you even get the backstory for the villain, and so you feel mm-hmm. bad for him. It's one of Tadashi's professors lost his daughter in this... Portal accident. Yeah, portal accident tech experiment. Um which is why he is trying to steal tech that Hero has created and destroy uh, the man who ran that experiment, who knew something was wrong with the portals and sent his daughter through anyway. Um, and so that's kind of the the conflict of the movie as we know that this is going on. And originally we think that this professor has been killed with Tadashi in the fire. Yeah. I'm going to cough. <coughs> oh. Usually it's you. <laughs> um, yeah, usually it is me. Yeah, I mean, I I think that is a it's like a very interesting kind of trope. It, it, he's very obsessed with the death of his daughter and getting his revenge, um, but like you know, you don't see the like the remorse for Tadashi dying. Not at all. He just doesn't give a shit. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, your brother died? Sorry, kid. Like, it's not even like a, I regret that that happened, but, like, this is what I'm going for. This is like a, and he shouldn't have come back in that building or something. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, very um, very one-dimensional for a villain. They try to give more than one dimension. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. Like, yeah, I think one of the funniest, like, the funny little plot twist in this movie is one of the friends, Fred, is just this, like, kind of goof-off. He's very shaggy from Scooby-Doo. They make him look like a stoner. Yeah. Um, And we find out that he is actually this filthy rich kid. Yes. Um, They go, they need a place to hide out, and he takes them to his mansion with his butler and all the friends think he's trying to break into this place because there's no way he could live there. And then they walk in and, and the, the butler... The butler comes out and he's like, Hello, Frederick. Master or, Fred. Ma- Master yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's that's a thing in Scooby-Doo as well, I think. In some that of the, some of the retellings in Scooby-Doo is that Shaggy's got an incredibly wealthy family um, and he's just kind of like the, the black sheep, like, I don't really, I don't feel motivated, like... 
like every, like the rest of my family is, and I have that's why he has a van, you know, because <laughs> they like they like let him buy a car, right? Yeah. Because like that's like Shaggy's contribution to Mystery Inc. is that he ha- he, he owns the, van, the car, yeah. yeah. Um, so I I think that is pretty similar. I I remember like I don't know what if what what Scooby Doo version it was, but like them going and finding out that Shaggy's family was like in- incredibly wealthy. Or he like lived in like a mansion or something, um, which is funny because I think Daphne's family is also incredibly wealthy. If I remember correctly. I know none of these characters' backstories. It's very sad. Scooby Doo is underrated, man, and people love Scooby Doo. Like it's just underrated as like a lore. You need to you, you need to know the deep lore for Scooby Doo to really understand. You know. <laughs> A lot of things. Okay, well, we're already going off topic, and that's mainly because, I mean, this is a kid's movie yes. we have watched before. There's not a lot to talk about because everything that's already happened, everything that happened, we've already, we've already seen. Like, it's not like it's new to us. Yeah, nothing you know? stands out. Um, which is fine, because we're going to have plenty to say about Guardians. Yeah, which um, sucks if you don't want Guardians spoilers, because... Then don't listen. Then you're going to have a real <laughs> short episode this week. It's going to be this... The media break, and then you're going to want to shut it off. It's fine. Peter always makes the media break too long. I don't think I have much to talk about this week, so... Oh, okay. So it really will be a short episode. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. My Big Hero 6 rating was a 4.5. Um, Did what I rate it, give it Nope. I don't have any ratings. I'd probably give it 4.5, 4. too. 4.5? You know. All right. Well... That's the... very good. Very fun. The powers are fun. It's cool. <laughs> I did not watch any movies by myself this week. I really got the itch to rewatch Encanto, but then I didn't do it. So maybe that'll happen in the future. Who knows? Nope. I haven't watched any movies this week. Yeah. Um, as far as TV together, what have we been watching? We have exciting news. Uh, we finally started Boba Fett. Yes, we've seen, what, three episodes of the book of yes. Boba Fett? So we've seen the crappy third episode... With the weird Vespa hot rod things that don't look like Star Wars vehicles. They don't have the same design philosophy that Star Wars vehicles do. Which is kind of sad. But what's your opinion on the show overall so far? Uh, very mid. I There is something that Disney is doing right now. And I don't know if it's because they, they, they record everything on those like... Um, like... Uh, 360 camera like weird soundstage things they do now like most of Mandalorian was filmed on one of those like you know those they, there's this thing called like it's like a wraparound soundstage where, you, where they sit and there's some of the immediate rubble and stuff is close by and then it's all like a tracking video in this like dome behind them so that it looks like they're actually on location somewhere but really they're just in a warehouse okay. and they were able to do it for Mandalorian because it's really easy to do desert with right. it um, but I don't know if they're doing that or what they're doing, but like, there's just this, maybe it's cause our TV's kind of old. There's like this frame rate issue with it where it just looks like, like half the time it looks like it's, they're just standing on a stage, you know, there's like this stage look to it instead of them being like part of the environment there. Okay. There's like this stage look where it just looks like. You know, Mando and uh, what's her name are just talking. Are you talking about Boba Fett and? Oh yeah, Boba Fett and Fennec are just talking. Like, and it, it looks like a looks like NCIS. It gets like <laughs> it gets like an NCIS vibe to it, 
where, where they're just like talk like just two people talking to each other and you're like oh they're recording on location like they're just recording like this is this is clearly tv or like some kind of you know like, it, it just it looks wrong um and i just i, I don't know that, that like bothers me because it's like it loses the cinematic quality that you want star wars to have or you want any thing to really like you're watching on tv to have yeah, this, particularly like, sci-fi yeah. fantasy which is why i think it's a frame rate problem because i remember watching um iron man 2 on a laptop and that has a different refresh rate and frame rate than a television does mm-hmm. and it looked like it was robert Downey jr with a plastic suit on Okay. walking around as opposed to a metal like you, you lose that like quality that makes it look believable mm-hmm. right and it just like throws you out a little bit and you're like oh, this is just a dude in a costume and I, and I think I think that there might be some kind of frame rate issue I don't know if it's our TV not working or if it's how they're recording it and they're not like putting enough of like a filter over it or something it's, it might just be like a filter that it's missing that where it looks too much like he's just standing there and it like loses the this is Star Wars aspect and becomes a we're watching a live performance kind of thing. Yeah. I already told you, but I just, I had such, I had a lack of expectations, to be honest, just because I had heard people did not enjoy it as much as Mandalorian. Um, so I think I'm, I'm able to enjoy it for what it is, because I just didn't really expect it to be anything yeah. crazy. I am enjoying the flashbacks, which... I, the flashbacks are higher quality than the... The, like, I agree, and which is and, and so we've seen two, the two episodes back to back. There is the train heist, mm-hmm. and then there is the Vespa chase scene, <laughs> and those two scenes next to each other, the Vespa chase makes it look like they spent all their budget making those shitty Vespas, and then had no budget for the VFX of a speeder chase in throughout a city, mm-hmm. because that train scene when they're on the actual swoop bike looking like like actual like swoop bikes speeder bikes right that look like the star wars design philosophy was applied to them and they have like the longer front and everything like that um that looks good it looks really good and the blur the motion blur and everything is is good and looks nice and then the neck the very next episode which we watched like maybe the next day or a day after or something um that whole speeder chase where they're on the dumb looking Vespas that have a fifth element design philosophy and not, they do not look like Star Wars vehicles. Um, they, though, the frame rate in that chase is so bad, it looks like, it looks like a low budget, like 80s sci fi TV show. And the colors. Why did they choose those colors? They, they look disgusting. It just doesn't fit. No. Everything in Mos Espa is brown and tan and gray, maybe a little bit of green. Sometimes there's a little bit of faded red. Yeah, you got that Star Wars like something red, or off you know? white or a little bit orange. Yeah, they'll put some, they'll, they'll, they'll put a little bit of color on something, but it's usually accent color. It's not. We had blue candy paint. The baby blue. Vespa. So I put blue candy paint on this Vespa called it a star wars vehicle yeah it, it looks like a doctor who vehicle because like the bottom is flat which is so weird like most star wars vessels unless it's a very large like vehicle don't have a flat bottom like that there's nothing sticking off the front so it has the vespa look to it 
Um, and it just, I don't, there's just something wrong with it. It didn't have the angles that you want. Now, the speeder that the mayor's assistant is escaping in, uh-huh. though it looks kind of Cadillac-esque, that's fine, because it, it, it is the Star Wars philosophy. The engines are in the back. There's, like, a very long front to it. Yeah. Muted you know, colors. he's sitting towards the back where the engines are. Um, it, it moved at a horrible frame rate because that just it just looked like a bad chase scene. But at least that, that was like, oh, that's a Moss. That, that's a Tatooine speeder. That, that's what a land speeder looks like. And then these other ugly little fucking things. Ugh. I can't. How many episodes do we have left? Five, I think. I think it was eight episodes of it, maybe. Okay. Episode five, I believe, is when yeah, Mandalorian that's when Mando. shows up. Um, by myself, I have just been watching Cheers. I'm on season two. Um, I every week I say it. It's just like a super cozy, feel good, simple show. Um, it really makes me want to watch more like seventies, eighties, nineties sitcoms. Um, because there's something about coming home after a long day and just like watching that like simpler lifestyle and these lovable characters interacting all in the same place um it's just like really wholesome and comforting so i'm so glad they put that on hulu because i had been wanting to watch it for a while my dad and i have had a couple really great conversations about the best show enders um and this is the ending for cheers is the one he always cheers and mash he always says are his favorite ways that shows have wrapped up um, and I love Ted Danson in The Good Place, where he plays a totally different character um, than Sam Malone on Cheers. Um, but I listened to an interview with him with Dax Shepard on the Armchair Expert podcast, and it just, again, like reignited that interest in watching Cheers. Um, and they did put it on Hulu a couple months after I listened to that interview. So I've been really just, yeah, just really enjoying that show. I really love it. I don't think it's going to be an all-time favorite by any means, but it's just, like, something really fun. Yeah, and if watch. it has a really good ending for how long you put into it, then that that's going to be... It's going to feel worthwhile. Yeah, I'm interested. I believe the main actress is done after season two. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, how things change. I'm a little bit nervous because the whole show basically is built around Sam and Diane's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll, I'll see how that changes because I am very close to being done with season two. Have you been watching anything? No. I watched an episode of... There's a, there's a show for this... Or there's an anime for this season called Mashly, like Muscles and, of Muscles and Magic or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, it is very much like One Punch Man, Mob Psycho, and um, Harry Potter had a weird anime baby um where this guy can't do any magic but he's like ridiculously strong um and like i don't know it's it's kind of cool uh and the the whole concept i think because i haven't only seen one episode is that um he gets into the magic school and then he's doing everything with muscles and they're all like doing it with magic and stuff um but i don't know it's funny it's really funny Good. Are you gonna watch more of it? Uh, I think so. I gotta. I gotta. I was trying trying to watch it with my friends. So. Gotcha. No, I can't keep up with it. Oh yeah, I should mention I'm still watching Perfect Match, the Netflix dating show. Still don't know what it's about, so can't tell you that. Yeah. 
That's um, everything. I'm reading three books right now. They're all a little bit different. I am reading Dune, which is my big plan for the month. If all I finish this month is Dune. Ideally, it will be Dune and Babel by R.F. Kuang. Um, but if all I finish is Dune, I will feel very accomplished because it's not my usual cup of tea and it is a little bit more slow going for me. Um, however, I am 100 pages into it and I'm really liking it. I'm so glad I watched the movie before I started reading it. And I can't remember if I said this last week, but I know I've posted about it on my book Instagram and I've talked to Peter about it. Um, but I just having those visuals for things and also knowing how to pronounce things has just helped me move through it at a quicker pace than I expected to. We also saw the trailer for Dune 2 um, while we were at the theater to watch Guardians, which kind of also was a good like kick in the butt to keep keep plugging oh, my way they, through. They, in that trailer, at some point it says, Long live the... Was it fighters or warriors? Fighters. Long live the fighters. And I, having read the book a long time ago, I believe that it should have said, Long live the jihad. Because that is how that 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 book talks about jihad constantly because it, the idea is that it's like a like a not like an Islamic analog but like it's like a it's a Middle East analog kind of right because um, around the time he was writing that there were some issues going on um, Middle East Middle East wise like with uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia and that kind of thing so um, like the Iranian hostage crisis was like right around when he wrote Dune um, so like but so. And he he talks like jihad is constantly using the book. Have you seen jihad used yet? No, but I'm only hundred pages in. Yeah, like they they talk about it constantly because it's what the fremen are, are want to do and are doing right. The fight back. Yeah, that's what jihad is essentially. Um, and I think that I think that it was a miss to not have that in the trailer um, because that is what that movie is going to be, and you can see it because it's like the rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, I, I, just, I said at the bottom, I was like, I think that should say long live the jihad, but it, I, I, I think it's, I think that the, the lack of reference to jihad in the first one and the fact that they're going with long live the fighters mm-hmm. or whatever, um, I think it's, it's probably like a Westernization thing. They're trying, even though Dune is a Western book, like they're trying to make it more appealing to most of America, which might not be okay with seeing the word jihad in a popular movie, you know? Um, but I don't know. I, I'm very excited to watch that movie. I think it's going to be very fun. Yeah, the sandworm um, riding is... Sandworm riding. We're going to get... We're going to get... Riding Shai Hulud. We're going to see some... Some war. We're going to see some knife fights. It's going to be pretty sick. So I got to finish the book. You do. And, but you're working on it now, yeah. so you'll be there. I'm making good pace. Um, I am also physically reading a book called Get Good With Money, which is just a, a nonfiction book I'm reading. We're trying to figure out, you know, budgeting and adulting in general and all of those things. So um, it's actually been really nice to be reading something like that, because then if I'm I only want to read Dune when I'm in the, the headspace to read Dune, which is like when I can I can focus um, which a lot of times is like my designated like an hour and a half before bed. Um, so it's nice to have something else that I can, like, easily put a bookmark in anywhere if I get stopped. So, like, that's the one I have been bringing with me when I go into Substitute Teach because I'll, like, you know, have it half an hour while the kids are at lunch and then it won't matter where I stop. I can just throw the bookmark in. Whereas I don't want to do that with Dune. Like, I need to stop at the end of the chapter with Dune Mm. so I know where I am when I pick it back up. 
The audiobook I'm listening to is It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, which is just this, you know, romance book. Again, I wanted something super simple so that my main focus can be on Dune. So this is a romance book. It has been compared to Schitt's Creek, which is a show that Peter and I have talked about eventually wanting to watch. Um, and the, the major premise is these girls who are really rich are sent back to their old hometown that they don't even remember because their father, who was a fisherman, um, was killed at sea when they were very young. Uh, but he owned a bar there, and so they move back into this bar that's been vacant for so long, and they're kind of trying to take it over. And of course, there's this gruff widower ex-fisherman who's going to fall in love with the oldest daughter, and um, it's it's silly, but it's it's fun to be listening to. Yeah. Give your One Piece update. I'm on chapter 860 in the Whole Cake Island arc. That's where we're at. Post time skip by a good 260 pages. Um, Luffy's about to fight Big Mom, one of the pirate emperors. One of the four pirate emperors. Um, and we'll see if they kill her or not. So. I did actually play Animal Crossing this week, but that was kind of a fluke, and I don't think I'm necessarily in a phase to get back into it again. Um, I'm just playing Destiny still. Uh, it's the Guardian Games, um, and I am I, I just got the title for it, so I did a lot of the uh, a lot of the the work. I'm just trying to guild the title now, which is just doing a couple more activities, and I'll keep up with it every week because the idea is you get platinum in PVE and PVP every week, and I got it for the first week, so I'll get it after next Tuesday. All right, this is just a reminder that the next. The rest of the podcast yep. from here on out is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Lots of spoilers. It's The movie just came out on the 5th, I believe, and we're recording this on the 7th. So if you have not seen it, you're going to want to stop the podcast right here. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a sci-fi superhero movie from 2023 starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Carrie, Karen Gillan, and Dave Bautista, and a whole lot of other people. There's a lot of people in this movie. I can't believe you forgot Bradley Cooper. This is like his movie. Bra- the thing is, Bradley Cooper, which is, this is hilarious, <laughs> in Bradley Cooper's contracts for this movie, he doesn't have to do any of the, the like media tour stuff. Did you know that? Why? Because he just he never has for any of the Guardians movies. He is the voice of, of Rocket Raccoon, but whenever you see like the whole cast went to Disneyland for yeah. the... He's never there. He doesn't show up for any of them. Meanwhile, Vin Diesel shows up to every single one he possibly can because Vin Diesel is like Vin Diesel. He's on the, the grind or whatever to make money, I guess. But like, yeah, it, it's so funny. Like Bradley Cooper, just he's just the voice for this and he does not do anything else. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. The movie begins with a depressed rocket raccoon listening to an acoustic cover of Creep by Radiohead. <laughs> Um, the space station slash freighter Nowhere is then attacked by Adam Warlock, the hero of the Sovereign, the, the, one of the main antagonists from the last movie, um, if you'll remember. Rocket is then nearly killed by Warlock, and the crew finds out he has a kill switch attached to his heart that has been activated. The rest of the movie is the crew going on a heist to save Rocket, interspersed with flashbacks to Rocket's gut punch of an origin story, replete with body horror, animal cruelty, and the deaths of his childhood friends. 
The story ends off with the old Guardians going their separate ways, leaving Rocket to be the captain of the new Guardians alongside Groot. Whew. Autumn cried about seven to eight times in this movie. This, I gave this movie five stars, and I will never watch this movie again. Yeah, it's, it, I won't watch the movie again either, for the same reason I won't watch uh, Avengers Endgame again, for the same reason, like, I just, I can't do it. Right? I can't. I have never been so sad and uncomfortable and invested in a movie all at the same time. I have never watched or experienced anything that kind of delved into this idea of animal cruelty, and it was awful to watch. It was sickening. Yeah. Yep. But it, was, it didn't, uh, I mean, obviously it didn't take away from the story because that's, like, the point, you know? It's like, that was sickening. That was a horrific thing that happened to Rocket. And so it it's still a five-star movie for me, but it's just, I will never be able to watch that again because it yeah. was so uncomfortable. Yeah, like, and the whole, all of Guardians, right? Like, the first movie, the second movie, we know that Rocket Raccoon who doesn't go by Rocket Raccoon until the end of this movie, because Rocket. Um, Rocket Raccoon does not have a fun backstory. You know from the first off, when they're like, this is a woodland creature that was, you know, experimented on by his owner or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, well, that's unbelievably cruel. And it nope, we see, like, his little, like, metal plates that are sticking out of his skin and all that shit. Um, and it's just really... It's rough, right? So you know, you know, he's he is he, he's an experiment, and that is probably not a very happy story, you know. Um, so to dive into it wholesale across a whole movie, and show the other animals that were in the same block that were like horrifyingly modified, like Rocket, still he looks like a bipedal raccoon. He's got some little metal plates sticking out of him in some spots where you can see his skeleton's been augmented so that he could walk upright. But for the most part, he looks like a raccoon with little bits of metal in him some places. Mm-hmm. There is, like, this... Re- th- every other one of his friends looks so depressing. Like, there is, like, a walrus that they, like, chopped half of it off and put wheels on. There's this... Um, there's, like, this little, like, red, uh, white, like, lab bunny... That with it has like spider legs and it like lopped its back legs off. It's like horrifying looking like mouthpiece over it or something. Like and even the one that's an otter that looks mostly like an otter has these weird like metal like robot arms on it. It's like dude. Oh, and the uh, the walrus's eyes were like peeled open by some. This is quite literally like. I have no mouth, but I must scream levels of, like, machine body horror. Um, in a movie that is PG-13, a hard PG-13, um, that there was, like, a, a like, eight-year-old next to us in the theater, like, just, just one, one row down during, and I was like, oh my god, like, if I watched this as a kid, I would have been incredibly traumatized. I am traumatized as a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I hadn't seen stuff similar to this in video games and other media like like the the like um transhumanist body horror stuff i've seen a lot of in like cyberpunk because part of that whole thing is like augmenting your body with like metal parts essentially Mm -hmm. and some of those some of those ones look pretty horrific 
Um, especially when it does anything with the face and replacing parts with like robot eyes and stuff. It looks really bad. Um, but like, so it, I, I'm like, I was kind of like primed to be used to how like brutal that looks. And it just looks really, it just, but it was just really brutal to see it on like little woodland creatures and not on people, you know, like if it was people, I could just shrug it off. But like, cause it's like a walrus. It's just really sad. Um, and then there's also the whole, I don't like in Guardians. Um, I didn't like it in, in the, in the like, I just don't like it at all is how, Okay, so anyone who has cybernetic augs in Guardians who's not, like, Nebula, mm-hmm. right? Um, their cybernetic augs look like they are just, like, jammed in there, and the skin is just, like, wrinkly around them. Oh, and you saw a lot of that. Yeah, the movie. main dude in this, his whole face is just, like, tacked on, basically. And it's and a it mask. Doesn't look, it doesn't look really bad. But... But, like, at the same time, it is, like, you can see the, on the edges of his... In the middle of his face, it looks fine, because it's his normal face. On the edges, it is, like, you can see where it's just, like, tacked on on the outside. It's not bloody or anything till the very end when they right. peel it off. But it's, like, but, it, his whole character is he's, like, the evolutionary. He is, like, a god, essentially. He's created entire yeah. species, such as the Sovereigns. It's, like, if you can create an entire species, an entire planet... Why can't you create a mask that like looks like it's staying? Why can't you face? regrow your own face? Like, because the other thing is, Rocket as a child ripped his face off because he killed all his friends. He killed which all his we friends. had to watch brutally. Yep. Which we watched them all die. We watched Rocket kill a bunch of scientists and that, and like rip that dude's face off. Um, uh, man, it's just it's it's rough. And I, I also don't like. I love Craglin. Craglin's great. I don't like Craglin's head. I, I, I think that it it looked kind of okay on Yondu. Yeah. Because Yondu had blue skin. Uh, and that allows my dis- my suspension of disbelief to be uh, <laughs> a little further than human-looking Craglin with the big, you know, arrow the fin same, on his yeah. head. Um, and the, like, how, like, how, like, bunched up his skin is next to it. Like, they didn't, like, it's not clean. It's, like... They just, like, jammed it in there and just, like, let the skin, like, suck it. It looks yeah. gross. It's gross. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. <laughs> um, I will say I was pleasantly surprised. As much as I hated seeing so much of, of Rocket's backstory, I was pleasantly surprised that this movie was about him and not all about a reconciliation between Star-Lord and Gamora because I wasn't necessarily interested in that. I wouldn't have been like disappointed or like had a, a super specific reaction if they had ended up back together but i actually really love the way that they did it they find out that gamora has become this if you need the refresher from um the what and is it endgame or infinity war where she's infinity war she dies i yes. think end then, game she comes back but is it's a past version of her yeah. so her before having ever met quill yeah um and so this past version of her that is now you know back in the real world has become a ravager and is kind of you know living her own life and it was actually really satisfying that they didn't end up together because she's she is a different person which is something she 
keeps trying to tell him. I was a little nervous, and maybe this was totally unfounded, but I was a little bit nervous they were going to try and put him and Nebula together. Well, at some point they did reference Yeah, Yeah. and I just, I was like, none of that needs to happen right now. Like, everyone is so messed up. All of this is so messed up. Like, everyone just needs to kind of focus on themselves. And, And that was part of the message of the movie, is at some point, like, they, um, at some point, uh, Mantis has... Because no one ever listens to Mantis, so mm-hmm. she has uh, Drax tell um, Peter Chris Pratt, yeah, um, <laughs> tell Star Lord that uh, that like he need, he might he needs to like he might need to learn how to swim on his own, yeah, kind be of be alone, yeah, be like be alone, do stuff that is like just him or or for just for him, just him. And they do that at the end, right? As I said in my little synopsis, like, everybody... The the, the band breaks up, essentially. And on very good terms, of course. Um, where I think Mantis is going to go off and... She gave a really great speech about how, you know, she... For her... The whole beginning of her life, she did whatever Ego wanted her to do. And then she became part of the Guardians, so she just did whatever the Guardians wanted her to do. And now she's going to go out and figure out what Mantis wants. Yeah, um, and then for Drax and uh, and Nebula, they're gonna be like kind of the um, leaders of nowhere. Because they ended up, the evolutionary was creating a whole new species. So they're all these white-haired children that they mm-hmm. save from the ship, um, and that that growth between Drax and Nebula. I found to be really satisfying and great as well as Nebula sees him as kind of useless because obviously in in some ways he can be. He always wants to fight and doesn't yeah. ever want to listen. But she sees how good he is with the kids and they sort of like form this this friendship um, because she trusts him to, to take care of them now that they're living in nowhere, which I thought was really great. Yeah. Rocket and Groot are, are running Rocket and Groot guardians. are running the actual Guardians now, um, along with alongside Warlock. Um, one of the Craglin. kids. Yeah, Craglin. And one of the kids, and, the main yeah. kid. Yeah, one of the unnamed children um, of, that the High Evolutionary made as like a new... Yeah, and this weird little race. pet that, that Warlock <laughs> finds. I'm sure that has a name, and it's just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh... And Peter Quill goes home. Peter Quill goes home and sees his grandpa, who's still kicking, which is great. Uh, and that, that made Autumn cry. A sob. The reaction, I, I don't know who plays his grandfather, but the reaction he gave... He's a well-known actor. Yeah, the reaction he gave when he saw Quill and the way that he said Peter just, like, broke me. Like, he had been waiting for him all this time. It was just, and the fact that he recognized him showing up as a grown man when he had left at eight years old was just, like, very powerful. Uh, Greg Henry is the name of the actor. <coughs> um, he, he looks kind of like Skarsgård. And then we get this funny little scene at the end that's just, it's his grandpa reading a newspaper, which has a headline about Kevin Bacon being stolen by by aliens, abducted by aliens. Oh, was there? I didn't see yes, that. Yeah. Because um, that's the whole Guardians Christmas special was them abducting Kevin Bacon. Um, so his grandpa's reading the newspaper and that's the headline and then um, 
Star-Lord is just complaining about having to go mow somebody's lawn when... They have a son who's perfectly capable of mowing the lawn. Um, yeah, that was, so, that, that was funny, I, I like that, and then for a very long time after the Star, legendary Star-Lord will return, uh, just, you still hear him eating cereal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the thing. Um, let's talk about the movie's F-bomb. I'm surprised that they decided to include an F-bomb in a Marvel movie. I think that, that, that might be, they, they, they I mean, cause it's a PG-13 movie, you're allowed mm-hmm. to have one F-word. Right, mm-hmm. but they probably wouldn't have done that before because it's Disney. Yeah, Disney didn't like to do f bombs in the movies. But now, as we talked about on the drive home, James Gunn can do whatever he wants. James Gunn can do whatever <laughs> he wants because they fired him and then rehired him to do the movie. And so when you when you have to eat that much crow to get somebody to come back <laughs> to finish his franchise, you have to let the man do um, his job. You basically just get to let him do whatever, which is probably why we got such a brutal movie out of it, like so an emotionally brutal movie because. Um, you know, people complain about the second one being too kiddy. Some people did. Some people didn't. You know, people liked it just fine. Um, but it was it, a lot of the jokes were very kid oriented, and there were enough kid oriented jokes in this one. That... Oh gosh, my favorite joke was was one that was just for anyone, which was the Cosmo and Craglin are are back on nowhere while everyone else is out adventuring, and Craglin calls Cosmo a bad dog one time, um, and she just cannot. Get yeah. over, and then he does. He does reaffirm. The Cosmo it. is a golden retriever. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, take it back. Take, you don't. You don't really mean that. And so the whole movie is no, just. No, you don't really mean that. <laughs> yeah, it's just this crazy, like brutal flashbacks to what Rocket's going through, and then you know Peter giving heartbreaking speeches to Gamora about how they used to be in love and blah blah blah, and everyone being worried about Rocket. And then we go back, and it'd, it'd be Cosmo and Craiglin just yeah. fighting over still whether or not he really thinks she's a bad dog, which I really enjoyed that comic relief. It was needed. The um, I think that the the F word in this movie was very funny. Um, because it is Nebula can't figure out how to open a car door and it has the, the button and, <laughs> and she's like trying to open it and he's like you gotta push it down like push the, push the thing down and he's like she's like I am pushing it down and he goes no no the, the button underneath the door you gotta push it down and she like pokes the keyhole and he goes it looks like you just pressed the keyhole there's a button underneath the handle that you have to push in to get the door open she's like all right i'm pushing it in now what do i do he's like open the fucking door which <laughs> is like such a such a like you'd be like that is the perfect level of exasperation to drop mm-hmm. that and it was so good and so funny um the other thing that i died laughing at was at one point by the way there's a whole section in this weird orgo corp like organic tech thing building. I hated how squishy Everything that was entire in there. Yeah. place was. It was gross. But there was these really cool, one Nathan Fillion cameo as their chief of security. I love Nathan Fillion. He's so funny. He's such so good at delivering like deadpan lines and stuff like that. The whole like yeah, I got one stupid crewmate too. Yeah, kind of thing funny. was very good. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> The whole bit where, I don't, they like broke into a place and just like shot the one security lady in the leg. And then she just like, it, it is like not, like she just gets like, it's not, it's not like Star-Lord's like stun blasters. She just gets shot in the leg and is like bleeding and like falls to the ground. And the scream that she lets out was just so funny. I don't know what it was. 
it's like the the like surprised pain on the, on her face. It she did like, a great job. It was it was it was hilarious. Which is <laughs> was like what went from the like the bravado of like yeah, what are you gonna do? Shoot me? Like it's shot on the legs, like ah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it was it was funny as hell. Um, and I, I, I laughed harder than anyone else in the theater, I think, yes, at that. And then did. continued to laugh. <laughs> not, not audibly, but just, like, yeah. continued to, like, shake with laughter. And it was just such a per... The, the timing of... I look... Perfectly cut screams are so funny. Yeah. And it takes you by surprise, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, gets just black shot, shot in the leg. Gamora is ruthless (laughs) she does not care like there is a scene where they're trying to get this code for to find how to turn off rocket's kill switch and star lord's like okay i'm gonna go flirt with the girl who runs the desk like don't worry and gamora waits like two minutes is over it and just like puts her gun to her head and is like this is how we're doing it um she's definitely pure pure ravager behavior from from gamora I had no idea that Nico Santos was cast in this movie, which I I could have, but I per- purposely don't, don't yeah. ever look anything up about Marvel. He plays Mateo in Superstore, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, he was one of the the high evolutionaries like minions. He was the one who had they thought he had rockets or wait he did he had rockets code mm-hmm. in his. In his brain. In his computer brain, <laughs> the stuff that they eventually stole from him. They end up he dies brutally yeah it, they, it was they use him fun. as a as a parachute and just drag him through um <laughs> drag him through like uh, a field essentially yeah like just and then in a river yeah that's that's that and him off a river and then they pull out a switchblade and just like <laughs> pry the thing off the side of his head oh man but yeah, so it was exciting to see him in something else, and I, I hope to see him in more stuff in the future. Yeah, that was, that was fun. I, he I, did a great villain, I thought. Yeah. Like, he really did, like, creepy. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Ravagers are so fun, too. I totally forgot that Stallone is one of the Ravager yep. leaders. Yeah. Like, 100%. Until he showed up, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot Stallone was in the second movie. Yep. Like, he was 100% there, and I just didn't remember. Um, and then... The one, the one Ravager, so they all like dock onto the the Bowie, um, and uh, and the and the one Ravager like, he just uses a sling ring, like a Doctor Strange sling ring, mm-hmm. to like make the portal so that they can all go into the building, yeah. which is so cool. And I totally forgot that that was like a thing. I don't know if if they, they did that in Guardians two or if that's just like a new thing. Yeah, I don't it's remember. like a new like like oh cool, people have magic now. Like we're seeing more people with magic and stuff. Like that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I spoke about, like, Nebula and Drax kind of forming a stronger friendship, but she does with Rocket as well. Like, you really see how much she loves Rocket. And it just is so satisfying. Because for so long with Nebula, um, it was like, what is she gonna be? You know, like, she could go either way. Is she the villain? Is she gonna fully join the Guardians? Like, she was just kind of towing that line. Um, and in this one, it's just so nice to, like, get to see her be part of the group. And, like, she's still so herself. She's impatient and rude. Yeah. And, you know. Has a knife arm and... But that makes her such a good friend for Rocket. Because, like, they have so many personality <laughs> they things They both experimented cra- crazy on. They have exoskeleton or endoskeletons. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's cool. Um, and, yeah, like, she is, like, you tell, like, she is a lot of emotion for the characters. Because mm-hmm. when they find out Rocket's okay, like, she, like, breaks down crying. Mm-hmm. Almost, like, 
Because she's like, oh, like the relief that he's not dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What would you rate this one? I don't think you told me. I'd give it five stars. Five stars. It was just really good. I think this is the best Marvel movie to come out in a long time. Yeah. I, I was very hopeful because of the trailers and they, they, how they how they did the trailers for this one made it seem like it was going to be a sad one, right? Like, you could already tell. Um, but I think that I wanted that for the third Guardians movie. I wanted it to be bittersweet towards the end, you know? I didn't want to see as much woodland animal body horror especially because they were babies and that's the thing too is yeah, we see so like sad. baby rocket like ugh. when he when he said hurt oh my god i saw i saw you just like melt in the chair just like of like you know like i want to cry you just talking yeah when yeah. he first goes after he's experimented is put into this cage with his friends they like ask him if he's okay and he just says hurt like his whole yeah. body hurts oh my gosh it just makes me yeah and, and like so, it, it was. I mean, it, it was rough, but it was. You know, it was. It was good to. It, it was really good. It, it was a really good end for the series. And it felt like an end. Yes. And I feel like supposed to be? there's so much. It nothing has felt that way since Endgame. Like mm-hmm. they've just been afraid to like have these. And I think Endgame is is proof that you can have these like clear cut endings for one chapter and still continue on. Yeah. The stories. So it's okay to like end this phase of Guardians and move on to the yeah. next one. And then you're not ruining things <laughs> that are already good. You know, this like encapsulates that. Like, the first movie is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. It's what got me excited. It's what got me into Marvel in the first place. Like, it just, I'm happy that those three movies kind of just like get to live in their own little, little space. And if they, like, move on with the characters from there, that's fine. Because there's, like, this story has a clear-cut beginning and end. Yeah. I think... I, th- I think I just think it went really well. What was the, There was another thing I wanted to mention real quick before we ended. Oh, yeah. Rock... I, I talked about this last night. Um, Rocket, at the end of this movie, starts going by Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the other movies, he was he just was Rocket, and every time somebody called him Raccoon, he would say, I'm not a raccoon. Um, because, but we had all figured it was because like, he didn't like being called a raccoon because he felt more evolved than raccoons are, because he could think properly. No, turns out he, didn't, he just didn't believe them when they said he was a raccoon. <laughs> until he sees the like baby raccoons that they were, they were saving at the end of the movie in the raccoon cage, reads the label and it says raccoons, <laughs> and, and then he goes by. He's finally like, okay. Yeah, and then he has this great moment where the the high evolutionary is calling him like P one three or whatever his his experiment name, name is. It's not P nine eight nine one three or whatever. Yeah, it's Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Or 8 IP13. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon, um, which was great. But yeah, if you're listening to this, you will have already watched the movie, so I can't warn you to come with tissues, but. Dear God. Peter was not exaggerating. I do believe I cried seven times. Yeah, it might be more than that. But within the first two two minutes of the movie, 
Because they, like, start off. Well, you know, right after Creep finishes up, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they play, like, that whole song. Oh, and gosh. then it starts the next song. But as Peter it. said, it does end with Star-Lord Will Return. So mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea what that will look like. Um, and I honestly don't know how I feel about it either because I kind of loved that ending for Peter as well to just go back and live yeah. with his granddad. Like, you know he's going to end up in space again. Because his, you know, his granddad's very old. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, come on. Like, he, 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 it could have been fine. Like, we, we, we know, we know he's gonna go back to space. Yeah. Although, if we do get a, an appearance non-Guardian style, but, like, I don't know, I, I think it would be, if we have to see him again, because they're gonna show him soon again, mm-hmm. I would like to see him interacting with, some of the Earth-based superheroes without all the Guardians people. Because, I mean, yeah. like, he's not, like, super crazy powerful on his own. Like, he's, like, half whatever celestial, but, like... Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know. I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah. As knows? a whole, like... They have thing. a connection with Thor, and we know that Hercules thing is going to be coming up. Yeah, it's going to be weird. With my man, Brett Goldstein. There, there are parts of the MCU that I'm excited to see... I'm excited to see Brett Goldstein as Hercules in whatever movie they bring him in for. This is a weird period of time it, for those it, movies. Exactly. Like, it, it's, it's like... Because, like, we, we haven't seen Quantumania yet. No. Because we didn't really care enough to prioritize seeing it in the theater. Nope. And, you and don't now have we're just to. waiting for and, it to come to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and, like, Guardians 3, I wanted to see in the theater. Yeah. Because I, I knew, even without getting any confirmation, mm-hmm. that... Because James Gunn had, like, talked about this is the third one in the trilogy. It's, like, the... It's a trilogy. This is going to be the end. I want to see the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I don't give a... I don't give a shit about the current Secret War stuff that they're doing and the, like... The multiverse stuff. I'm more interested in Secret War than I am with the multiverse stuff. But at the same time, I don't care that much about Secret War. Because I saw the, the old cartoons when they did those... I know how Secret War works, right? The Skrull have gone from being the kind of good guys to the we're going to take the planet over guys, essentially. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be dumb. But, but, uh, but like, the... So, like, I'm kind of excited for the Marvels. Kind of. I did like... We saw the trailer for that one before Guardians 2, and I do like the whole, like... Them flipping places. Yeah, the the like triangle of of Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel and Monica all like being out of control of like when they swap places with each other. I find that intriguing, and they haven't done anything like that yet. Um, so I am curious to see how that goes. Um, I did love Captain Marvel, but I've been seeing all sorts of, and I don't know enough to like actually say anything about it but i've been seeing all sorts of articles that brie larson is like not interested in being involved with disney anymore um which i don't know enough about so yeah i mean i don't know i just i don't i'd be bummed because i love her as captain marvel no yeah she's great i love her as an actress she's good yeah i don't know We'll, we'll see i guess we'll see if if i if I, I, I had talked about it in the car. Oh, I almost just another thing I forgot to say. We were getting almost to the 30-minute mark of this uh doesn't matter. We talked about Big half. Hero 6 for eight minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, in the car, I said that this is probably the second best Marvel movie I've seen in two years. 
maybe a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. I think the best one for me still was Spider-Man because I had more of a Spider-Man background as a mm-hmm. kid. And just what they did with pulling yes. Andrew Garfield, oh, Tobey Maguire. You'll, you'll never be able to recreate that feeling. It was, it was, that was magic in a bottle. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I, I think that, I think that this is a very close second for how, like, just quality-wise. Um, I also am of the opinion that, um, the, probably the third best one I've seen was the Thor one. And not a lot of people, that was, like, a, an iffier one for some people. Yeah, I I thought it was fun. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Um, and I saw it twice. Um, but, like, I don't, I haven't seen another Marvel movie. I think Wakanda Forever was pretty solid. But, like, I haven't seen any more outside of that where I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I yeah, just, it's, it's been, been a while. It's, it's just, I mean, I know Spider-Man was last year. It was the beginning of last year, so it has been a long time. Yeah. Since, uh, since I've, like, really enjoyed, enjoyed a Marvel movie a lot. Yeah. Um, even, like, even with Wakanda Forever, like, the Wakanda stuff was really cool. But, like, there, there are, like, some of the overarching stuff in that I just thought was a little boring. Uh, see, I loved that one. And they're, and they're setting up Ironheart, and I want to see that one. I want to see that show. Um, but like like Marvel's, it's get we're getting to that inundation point where I think I've seen too much Marvel stuff. Yeah, which is sad. I do. There is a part of me that's always going to think it. It should have ended with Endgame, except for Spider-Man, because there was clearly some more that needed to be done with Spider-Man. And this this definitely showed Guardians as well. Yeah. So, like, but I wish the rest of it would have been wrapping up. You know, so many, like, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, all their stuff ended with Endgame. Yes. So let's, like, end some things for everybody else, and then we're good. But, of course, you know, money is a yeah. is an aspect, so. Money is a hell of a drug, so... They're going to keep going. But yeah, can you think of anything else you wanted to touch on or talk about or mention? <laughs> no. No, I mean, to wrap this up, just as we said at the very beginning, this was a five-star movie, and we will never watch it again. Yeah, I don't intend on ever watching this again, but it was great. <laughs>